Morning, Brad. Trip and Shred. You were listening to the Casey Ferguson Show. Sorry, I'm late. I was having a dream that I was sleeping in, then I woke up and I was. Yes, it's Casey Ferguson here, the Pat Jablonski of online audio, occasionally stopping pucks and always giving zero fucks on the siren-spinning soundtrack that is the Casey Ferguson Show. From the album Live On, that was Kenny Wayne Shepard drawing first blood with a track called In Too Deep. What do you do when a girl is choking? I just back up a few inches. We're going to go deep indeed, Rapscallions, deep into the Casey Ferguson Show archives, that is, since this is a remix episode. I'll have for you my interview with Grammy Award-winning musician Johnny Lang and some burning blues rock from the likes of David Gogo, the Jeff Healy Band, and more. Let's tip it off with a double shot of Johnny Lang on the Casey Ferguson Show. Feels like I'm free. 
Johnny Lang, and you're listening to the Casey Ferguson Show. Ronnie Monroe from the Ronnie Monroe Band and Metal Church. 
and you're listening to Casey Ferguson on the Casey Ferguson Show!
1,649,681,999 bottles of beer on the wall. 4,749,681,999 bottles of beer. If one of those bottles should happen to fall, 4,749,681,998 bottles of beer on the wall. You're listening to the Casey Ferguson Show. One of these days you know it won't be long. You'll look for me and baby I'll be long gone.
rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling, ramming and jamming. You are listening to the Casey Ferguson Show. Smooth as a Smurf's ass, right? George Thorogood and the Destroyers there, long gone. Colin James picking and grinning as well with real stuff. From the album Change of Pace was David Gogo before that with Sad and Lonely. And the first pour was a double shot of Johnny Lang with the smooth finish of Lie to Me following the initial bite of Happiness and Misery, featuring one Steven Tyler of Aerosmith on harmonica. As I mentioned at the top of the program, Grammy Award-winning musician Johnny Lang is my guest on this episode of The Casey Ferguson Show. Johnny burst onto the scene in 1997 at just 15 years of age with the multi-platinum album Lie to Me. Tours followed with everyone from the Rolling Stones and Aerosmith to B.B. King and Jeff Beck. He is also recorded with the likes of Santana, Buddy Guy, and Double Trouble. I spoke with Johnny a few years back around the time of the release of his fantastic album, Signs. Now, as you'll hear in this interview, I do ask Johnny about having any problems with his voice, and at this point, everything was cool in the gang. But skip ahead a few years later to January 12th, 2021, and Johnny had to make the heartbreaking announcement that he was canceling all performances due to ongoing vocal issues. Here's a piece of the announcement. Per doctor's orders, Johnny Lang will be canceling all confirmed appearances. Over the course of the past year, medical challenges with his voice have not improved. There is hope for a natural recovery at some point in the future, but until progress is witnessed, no future plans will be initiated. He is thankful for the support of his fans over the past two plus decades and hopes to be in the position to return to the stage should he retain the ability to perform at a level his global audience has enjoyed night in and night out. And those were the last words from Johnny in his camp from more than a year ago, so here's hoping Johnny's had some time to heal. I certainly wish him well, and I would encourage his fans out there to do the same via social media and such. I'm sure it'd mean a lot to him. That ain't the blues. I don't know what is. On a sunnier note, let's go back in time to 2017 and my conversation with a healthy, happy, and hugely talented Johnny Lang on The Casey Ferguson Show. All right, this is Casey Ferguson, and you're listening to The Casey Ferguson Show. I have Grammy Award-winning musician Johnny Lang on the phone. Johnny! How's the carcass holding up there, mister? Tour going okay? <laughs> yeah, everything's going really good out here. We're in uh, Dallas, Texas right now. And, uh, yeah, it's been going really good. Thanks. Outstanding. Well, I missed you in Toronto a few weeks back, but I see that you're coming to the uh, Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver on the 29th of November. I mean, I'm on the other side of the country, but I'm sure many of your uh, Canadian fans <laughs> will be out there to show their support. And uh, is there any chance of more Canadian dates being added in the spring or something so I can come see you? <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I definitely like to get out there and check out a show, man. I can't believe I missed the Toronto show, but you know, <laughs> it's what happens sometimes. Yeah, man. It's all good. We had a great time in Toronto and Quebec. It was really fun. So we need to come back more often. Absolutely. I'm sure all my listeners will agree with that. Now, uh, Johnny, I've, I've heard you say in the past that generally you don't try to steer an album one way or the other, but there was a conscious decision to make this album, you know, more guitar centric. So I'm kind of curious as to what spurred that. What was it that moved you in that direction? Did you just kind of get excited about the guitar again or, or what happened? <laughs> well, I think there's plenty of guitar in it, like, you know, most of our record, but, uh, on this one, it was just kind of, it was more like I wanted to tip the hat a little bit to like the older production, you know, style and sound of like kind of the, the guys in the early 20th century, uh, you know, Helen Wolf, and Robert Johnson, guys like that. And, uh, you know, not, I didn't want to completely 
go all the way there, but just a little bit of it. And uh, so the album's got a little bit more kind of rock guitar tones, maybe like older sound and production stuff going on there. So yeah, that was the, that was the basic idea. Other than that, we just wrote songs and went to the studio and, and just it just kind of came out how it came out. So. Well, I mean, let's talk about the tones a little bit, because I read recently that you didn't use any guitar pedals, you know, to get fuzz tones or anything on this record. You just crank the amps up, and I think there's definitely something to be said for letting the amps do the work, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. I, there's this little tiny amplifier in the studio where we were recording it. I thought, man, I might as well plug that into it. What it sounds like, and it ended up being the thing I used on pretty much every song. And uh, yeah, like you said, no no effects going into it or anything, just guitar and that amp. And uh, so that was a really cool, happy accident. You know? What was the amp that you were using? It's uh, it was like a 1960s National, and um, it's like five watts with like a little eight inch speaker. And it sounds like a wall of Marshalls or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild the uh, the tones you can get out of a small amp sometimes. Hey. <laughs> Johnny, something I have to ask you about is vocal health because your style's pretty demanding. So, have you had a lot of vocal health issues? And you know, what's your process these days vocally? Uh, no, I, I really haven't. I, early on, I used to. I got to the point where I was kind of losing my voice, but you know, as the years went on, I, I think I just kind of you know learned how to use it a little bit better. And yeah, lately it hasn't been too much of an issue. So. Hopefully it stays that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you have like a, a long warm-up routine or anything? Or are you a guy who just likes to, you know, take care of it, but just get out there and do it? Or, or what are you doing these days? I do, uh, yeah. I warm up before the show. Depending on, you know, how rough my voice is feeling will kind of dictate how long I warm up. But, uh, but yeah, and then warm down after the show. That's kind of more, even more important than warming up for me anyway. Yeah, a lot of people forget that, right? Like, they, they do the warm-up, but then they don't cool down after. It's like, you know, running a marathon and then just stopping. <laughs> yeah, it really is, yeah. Same effect. On a few different albums, I, I know that you had a lot of unfinished pieces lying around, sometimes for even, like, up to a decade. Um, Snakes was one of those songs on this record. And do you have a lot of unfinished tracks, outtakes, demos, that kind of stuff lying around, or do you just basically record enough for an album and leave it at that? Yeah, there's usually a couple, you know, tunes that have been recorded that don't get used, one to two, and then they just kind of, yeah, they're laying around for, hopefully they're, you know, repurposed later for something. But, uh, but yeah, on this one, we pretty much cut the exact amount of songs. Uh, so, yeah, no stragglers on this one. Well, there you go. Unfortunately, though, every <laughs> album you promised that you're not going to name it after a song, and you got stuck again, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I was trying. I feel obligated to come up with some clever, <laughs> you know, album title every time, and I can never do it. So uh usually ends up being one of the names of the tracks, you know, on the record, which is <laughs> what happened on this one, too. So. <laughs> well, hey, there's always next album, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> Try it again. Now, uh, Johnny, I wanted to ask you about recording Sharp Dress Man with Steven Tyler, Mick Fleetwood, and John McVie. I mean, tell me about that experience. Oh, man, that was so cool. So much fun. And great song. And then to be able to redo it with those guys, I mean, geez, it was really amazing. Getting to be in the studio with, you know, just watching Mick Fleetwood and John McVie play together and be a part of that. Uh, and then with Steven singing, he's like one of my favorite singers of all time. So, I mean, yeah, that was, that 
was absolutely amazing and really special for me. Well, I remember that you toured with Aerosmith back in the day, and I remember that uh, Stephen was on Happiness and Misery playing some harmonica and whatnot. So you guys go way back, but really, like, you, you hadn't got to record together that much. So, yeah, it must have been a trip and a treat just to finally get to really get in there and have it out with him, right? Oh, yeah, I man. Just, just watching him sing is crazy. Well, definitely one of those full-bodied singers, right? Like, he's, he's sort of like uh, the Angus Young of vocalists. Angus always says that he, he can't play guitar standing still, and I can only imagine Steven in the studio. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, his whole self is into it. You know, he's, he gives himself over to the, to the music when he does it, so... Well, Johnny, I got to bring this guy up because uh, Eric Johnson was on the show a little while ago, and he was saying that he'd definitely be open to recording some more with you because I, I love the track Austin, and you know, I thought, well, God, these guys should do some more stuff together. So, what do you think? Can I make the uh, love connection here? Would you uh, Would you be down with doing some more music with Eric? <laughs> oh yeah, man. All he's got to do is call. I I'm down. I love Eric. He's such a nice guy and such a great artist and songwriter and guitar player and the whole thing. So, yeah, we got to know each other a little bit going out on these um, Jimi Hendrix tours. And, yeah, he's a real nice guy, and I'd love to do that. So, Time for Word Association. First one I got to ask you about is Zach Wild. Zach Wild? Uh, big heart. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. I can see him being like a, you know, a, a really uh, caring kind of guy. Because that's usually how it goes with those cats, right? You know, they look like they'll kill you, but they're they're the sweetest guys in the place. <laughs> he is. He's, he's just a good guy. A really, really nice, he's really, really nice to me, too. So, seems to be that way to pretty much everybody he runs into. So. Santana. Well, I loved your version of uh, I Ain't Superstitious. I thought you guys did a bang-up job of that tune. Oh, thanks, man. They don't mate! Jeff Beck. The king. He's like the king. <laughs> <laughs> He's the king of the, of the whole deal. <laughs> There's nobody better at what they do than him. He's just amazing. Well, if Jeff is the king, this guy might be the joker. <laughs> Ronnie Wood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's really good, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ron Wood... Uh, Amen, brother. Here's a guy who spends a lot of time in Kingston. I believe he was born in Ottawa, but uh, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> I didn't get to hang too much with him, but talk to him a couple times. And, uh, you know, just personally, my experience, he was really nice to me, but I just remember growing up and watching him and getting, you know, so much joy out of uh, watching him act and, you know, watching him do what he does. You know, he just makes you laugh. Do you got a favorite Aykroyd movie? Um, probably, shoot, that's a good 
that's a good question. I mean, Blues Brothers is as good as it gets, probably. Uh, you know, for, for me, it's uh, the first one is so classic, and his character is so classic. So I'll go with Blues Brothers. Well, I can't argue on that one. That's uh, that's, that's a great flick. I, I think my favorite part of that movie is where they go into the bar. The what kind of music do you usually have here? We have both kinds, country yeah. and western. <laughs> yeah, both kinds. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what about uh, John Goodman? Did you get a chance to hang out with him on the set of Blues Brothers 2000 at all? Uh, just a little bit. I talked to him just a little bit. Yeah, just in passing. Nothing like, not a full-on conversation, really. Yeah, he was really cool, too. He was really nice to me. Well, I suppose you're working, right? You can't stand around and chew the fat too much. <laughs> yeah, I on a big movie set, and it was pretty hectic. You know, pretty cool. Marty Fredrickson. Man, him and I had such a great time. You know, we did a record together, obviously. And uh, But man, what a, just, he's one of those people I've met along the way that has just really stuck with me, the experience I had with him recording that record and hanging out with him. And just a brilliant musician. He plays everything. He sings unbelievably, writes amazingly, and is a, is a good guy. So, yeah, he's, he's one of the good ones. Well, it was absolutely one of my favorite records from you. I, I love Long Time Coming. I think it's a fantastic album. Uh, if there's anyone out there listening who hasn't heard it, I would certainly urge them to check that out. And of course, check out Johnny's new album, Signs, which is phenomenal. I think uh, I might have to say that's my favorite Johnny Lang record. Wow, man, that's crazy. Thank you. Superb. How about Bill Clinton? <laughs> he was very, very, yeah, he's very charming. It's like, you can't not like him. It's like when you talk to him, you just, you're like, man, this is the greatest guy in the universe. You know, he's very, very kind and a charming person to talk to. So, yeah. You know, I think Larry King said the exact same thing. (laughs) Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. Well, here's another guy in that political landscape, and in a lot of ways, uh, very different, but a lot of ways, very much the same. uh, Jesse Ventura. John Popper. John Popper, brilliant musician, nice guy. He was kind enough to let me kind of hang with him for a little bit and, you know, co-write some songs with him. And I learned a lot uh, hanging with him. And we got to go on tour with those guys. They were just really kind to us. And, yeah, John Popper is a brilliant, brilliant musician. Amazing. Of course, I have to ask about B.B. King. Man, uh, the thing that was sticks with me about getting to meet him was, like, how much he didn't... He, it's almost as if he didn't acknowledge that I was a little kid at all. And I, I was, like, 16 or something. And uh, he just treated me like one of the guys, just one of the one of his peers or something. And uh, that really stuck with me. And, and, you know, you can imagine how that would make a young guy feel that B.B. King kind of treat you like uh, one of the fellows. So, yeah, I don't, I'll always remember that. Well, I suppose that was probably a bit of an anomaly at the time, right? Where, you know, because you were so young, a lot of guys were probably giving you that sort of, you know, fatherly talk and, oh, watch out for this kid, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly, you know. But, he, uh, yeah, he didn't do that, really. He just talked about, you know, music and guitar a little bit and invited me to come up and play it uh, a little bit. And it was just so nice, you know, so nice. Somebody must have done that with him along the way. Well, I suppose just the the time that he came up, right? It's, uh, you know, there was no time to be a boy. You had to be a man. I guess so. Totally different. Yeah. Can't imagine what it was like. Willie Nelson. 
Well, this is why I, I I got to play on one of his records, but um, he wasn't actually in the studio. So it was a bummer for me as I was looking so forward to meeting him and we used to listen to Willie Nelson in the house when I was little. But I mean, it was such an honor to be able to play on his record, but I've, I still haven't gotten to meet him. So oh, man. I can one day. Well, that bites. You play on the guy's <laughs> record, you don't even get to meet him. <laughs> What do you got to do, Johnny? What do you got to do, man? I know, I know, man. I can't get a break. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time, Johnny. I appreciate you coming on, brother. Yeah, man, that was a really good interview, man. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much, man. That means the world to me, dude. I've been listening to you a long time, and I was starting to play around the same time that you were coming up. So definitely you've been an inspiration, and uh, I certainly thank you for that. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Stay safe on tour, my friend. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, Johnny. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Part talk show, part rock show. You were listening to The Casey Ferguson Show. I don't know what to tell you. He's a savant. That was my conversation with Grammy Award-winning musician Johnny Lang. As I mentioned earlier, Johnny's been having some vocal problems, and there's still no news on that front as I'm recording this more than a year after the announcement that he was canceling all tour dates due to these issues. So, Johnny, I wish you a full recovery, my man. I hope we're able to hear more from you if and when you're able to get back out there, but either way, you've given us some great music over the years, and I'm going to spin some of it right now. Here's another tune from Johnny Lang on The Casey Ferguson Show. Stay home. 
Casey Ferguson Show. Face, and I'm gonna let. 
morning, now I hear my doorbell ring Looking for my little girl, I can't see another doggone thing Ooh, I'm talking about trouble, honey, Lord, I'm on my way Well, Lord, I ain't satisfied and I, I sure can't keep from trying Trouble now, I'm on my way. Yes, yes, Lord ain't satisfied. I sure can't keep from trying. Hi, this is Sue Foley, and you're listening to The Casey Ferguson Show.
Hello you lunatics, it's cousin Mary here. Sure, sometimes I want to kick Casey directly in the uvula but he also buys me beer. So, in the interest of acquiring more beer I'm here to ask you to support this program by following on Instagram and Facebook at The Casey Ferguson Show. Like, comment, share, blah blah blah. Do it or I'll stab you with a spore.
Making you wonder and bringing the thunder. You are listening to the Casey Ferguson Show. A man is innocent until he's proven guilty. You have nothing on me. From the criminally underrated album Loud Hailer, that was Jeff Beck with Right Now. Gary Moore and Albert King before that with Oh Pretty Woman, flanked by ZZ Top's Fearless Boogie. Eric Sardinas in there as well with his rendition of the Muddy Waters classic I Can't Be Satisfied, and Johnny Lang kicked it all into gear with What You're Made Of. Well, 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 if it isn't Doug, I ate your bottle of No More Tears Shampoo McFly. What do you want, you shampoo-drunk simpleton? Ah, that's right, it's karaoke time. Did you do your vocal warm-up? Oh, you don't need it. Douglas, I ought to kick you right in the fucking fart pocket. Clearly you've learned nothing today. All right, Rockstar, let it rip. Serves you right. Doug? Hello? McFly? You alright? Well, I guess I better call an ambulance for him. Eventually. Perhaps now I'll see the light. My thanks and best wishes to Johnny Lang. Thanks to my sponsors. Thanks to all of the fine stations carrying this program in syndication. And of course, thank you for listening. You'll find me on social media at The Casey Ferguson Show. The Jeff Healy Band will play us out. Remember, if you're drinking, do not drive. Have your pets spayed and neutered. Too much blow and your dick don't grow. Cheers.
Thank you.